Okay, okay, okay. Counting on my body, damn the things just start to pile. Judge me how you judge me, take them bitches out the trial. Fuck on niggas, how them niggas love you now? All right, yo, what's up? And we are back in the break room, episode 50, episode what? Sequenta. Sequenta. Second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trilingual as always. So, man, welcome back to the break room. Um, uh, uh, just to we kind of really kind of, you know, open up with, um, we, we, we really meant to mention this last episode, but um, break room podcast and I'm pretty sure you all have noticed you know the shootings that have been happening across the country um, one happened just a day ago in the elementary school uh, elementary school shooting um, but even before that was that um, that supermarket store uh, that got shot up the racially motivated uh, shooting and um, I mean I'm not uh, not to get so political but you know you know my all my thoughts and prayers are with those families of people who got shot in the supermarket, also in the elementary school, man. It's really a tragedy um, to say, you know, lack of better words, it's, it's awful. It's, you know, you wish things like this wouldn't happen. And um, for the people who are kind of like, you know, death is death, it's a certainty of life. And yes, that is true. But at the same time, you know, we don't want to get numb to the to something of people shooting up stores, kids getting killed, like we shouldn't get, we shouldn't normalize that, you know, we shouldn't make ourselves numb to it, things like that, you know, for lack of me getting on my soapbox and preaching to the, uh, to the masses, um, yeah, just my thoughts and prayers are with those families, um, from both those towns and everything, and just, you know, check on those people, um, Check on those people if you know them. So that's really all I have to say about it. Evan? This is just tragic. Yeah. It's inexcusable. You know, I, I, I really don't have too many words for it. I'm. It's despicable. I'm disgusted by it. And the fact that, you know, the one dude in New York literally got handcuffed and taken away. Just yeah. that, that, that's the part right there. Like, you can sit there and these these mass shooters can take lives but you know they'll walk away you know with their life and you know something's something's got to change I, I don't know what it is i don't know how long it's going to take but change has to be made and it's it, it, it's just heartbreaking to hear these things especially out here in texas you know yeah we're we're up to what 19 dead mhm and a lot of these kids Got, you know, they got hit by AR-15. That's that's a a two two three or five five six bullet. Their bodies were so dismembered that they can't even identify them, and they have to do DNA tests with parents to identify bodies. Like it's no child should ever have to worry about that going to school. Mm-hmm. So, for the childs, for the parents, for the uh, all, you know, 
everybody connected to these people, man. It's 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 really a track to really even sit up here and talk about it. But you know, I think the the most important thing is that we don't stop talking about it until something does happen. So uh, for the people um, who are speaking out, who are protesting, who are uh, going to city hall and things like that, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's not in vain. I promise. Um, I, like Evan just said, we don't know when, we don't know how, but hey, the. Something somebody has to keep going. So we just, you know, want to encourage you and motivate you to keep doing what you're doing. Encourage and the people around you to also join in, you know, and um, also right here at the break room, you do have our support in those efforts. So um, we just wanted to give that and spread that out, spread that. Um, you know, like I can say send our prayers and our thoughts and prayers for those families and those people connected to those people who were killed. So um, as you know. Like I say, for the lack of getting on this, not trying to get on the soapbox and preach to the masses, but I think that's really about all I have. Yeah, I ain't got nothing more to say on it, man. For sure, for sure. But um, the Break Room Podcast is a sports show. And moving forward, you know, the playoffs, the conference finals. Yes. Okay, so these blowouts, actually, like, let's let's kind of get into that a little bit yeah it's good it's almost kind of like out of hand i think the best game we've had recently what was what game four it was a 10 point Mm -hmm. difference and even then the the warriors try to make like a late comeback and it didn't exactly work out they almost they would hey (laughs) but the real story in that game did you see how pissed mark cuban was when that leak happened in the arena. Yes. Yes. That dude, I know people got fired. Oh, definitely. People got fired definitely. that last night because I have never, like Mark Cuban's usually like happy-go-lucky. I've seen him, you know, upset on the sideline mm. due to basketball things, but his, you know, arena for his, you know, multi-billion dollar organization literally has rainwater coming through it during like a storm, like... They had buckets out on the floor. They had people up on the catwalks and everything, trying to get it going. And that man looked. What, what was the what, what word would you use? Like like outside of pissed. Oh, uh, like what, what's another word you, you could use there? I don't know. I'm trying to uh, uh, enraged, infuriated, uh, Super Saiyan one. Uh, I, 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 I don't he was know. Like he was about to go beast mode. Or yeah, just like I, mean, I said, somebody got fired that he, night. He I don't know about, who, but somebody did. He was about to turn green. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes. He was, was about to go Hulk, bro. Like I don't know. You know, I could just imagine Mark Cuban and Jerry Jones sitting at like in a group full of like millionaires, multimillionaires, and just saying like. Hey, hey, isn't that Mark Cuban where his his didn't his building leak? Let me like I can just see that happen. I don't know why like multi billionaires and billionaires, you know, <laughs> casually, you know, throwing shade at each other. You know what I mean? Like Shark Tank on the show, then they just get on his head about it. Like, hey, I don't don't invest in me. You didn't your building leak? You know what I mean? So I don't know, but that's that was filthy. But so with that win, because you predicted uh, they would go. It would go what uh, to a five game series. Yeah, I was like, the Mavs are going to get their one, at least one. At they least got one. it. They got it. They got it. They almost didn't, bro. It, the, it was they, crazy. They were winning that game. I don't. I, okay, that game got kind of ugly. It got to right around twenty ish points. What, what was the lead? Fifteen ish. You know, twenty somewhere around. So there. For, for in the like. Oh, you're talking about early on in the game? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so yeah, it's like yeah, even early at that on the point, game, yeah, when yeah. the league happened, they were like still winning like by double digits. Mm-hmm. And Mark Cuban still, bro, was just fully enraged. And 
Bro, he had them on the top of the building with a cover, yes. with a mat. Like yeah. They were literally up on the catwalk. In the rain. I don't know if they are putting <laughs> some, some putty up on there, like Bro. something. Bro, they were in the rain, had a white sheet trying to cover the hole. Like, it was... The, the crazy part is how they located it. It was so fast. Like, he said, if somebody doesn't stop this leak, everybody's fired. Like, it was, it was, it was funny. It was hilarious. But... Back to uh, on the floor, that game, you know, game four, Luca doing what Luca. I, I, I love playoff Luca. Okay, we we we, we got to find a uh, playoff Luca nickname. You know, I think he'll get one. I think he'll get one. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. made it to the conference finals, so. And you know what? Dropping thirty, getting fourteen boards, nine assists. You know that's that's pretty damn impressive too. Yeah. And the Warriors have been mostly dominating this series, and it's like for once you got to see the Mavs be in mm. control, and you know how 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 they got in the driver's seat and like really took control of the game, and the rest of the supporting cast like came out, did good. Dorian Finney-Smith had twenty three. You know Reggie Bullock went completely broke the night before, came back, and uh, you know game three was mad broke. Game you know. 18 points in the last game. So, hey, you know, that's, that's, that's or no, no, it was game four he went broke because mm. they, they just, uh, no, no, no. No, it was game three. Yeah, because this was just game four, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, game three he went broke. Game four came back 18 points. So, you know, it's good. Jalen Brunson with 15 points. Keebler with 13 and eight boards. Like, Dinwiddie, you know, had, had 10 points. I, I still expect more out of Dinwiddie uh, offensively, but. I, you like to see the supporting cast for the Mavs coming out and being supportive. Yeah. And, man, for the Warriors, they were kind of just cold that night. You know, they tried to mount something back to us in, but, hey, I mean, Steph Curry had the most points, 20 points on their whole roster. So, and that's very uncharacteristic for the Warriors. You know, somebody's always going to be within the 30s. Yeah, and it's crazy because it, when you look at – the, the whole just box score. So the Warriors as a as a unit shot forty eight percent. Mav shot fifty. So it's like they weren't too far off. Mm-hmm. All right, well let's look at the three pointing. You know, Mav shot forty six percent, which is really good. The Warriors shot thirty five, which is still, you know, right around, you know, maybe slightly above league average. And then the free throw percentage. It was the seventy seven, you know, going seventeen of twenty two for the Mavs. Well, the Warriors got to the free throw line more, but they shot worse. They went 17 to 26. That's 65%. To me, that was like a bigger difference earlier on in the game. And it's not like either team was it – was, it's not like the Warriors were yeah, having yeah. a mad turnover fest because mm-hmm. both teams were taking care of the ball well. It's just the shots weren't falling at the rate at which the Mavs were, which mm-hmm. happens when, like I said, when the supporting yeah. cast is coming out and doing their thing, hitting their shots. Great things can happen for the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, with the with that, like – Side question, if you don't mind. You humor me a little bit. Okay. So out of the leading stars in the playoffs, right, you get, say you got Luka and Steph, and you have Jason Tatum, and you have Jimmy Butler. Who has, before we get to the East, who has been the most impressive to you? Or who would you want in a series? Just star-wise. Not just, just not their supporting cast. Not no. their supporting cast. Just superstar wise. We're gonna make this a barbershop question. Oh, okay. So I have two names that I'm I'm teetering between. Okay, and that is Jimmy Butler and Luca. Really? Yeah, because 
See dogs. See, this is what I was thinking. I was thinking Jimmy Butler or Jason Tatum. Okay, fair enough. I I might go. I I might want Luca. Playoff Luca just literally is built different. Offensively, no nobody's touching him. It's just he's such a liability on defense. That's his only knock. Like, but. You don't expect that from him to begin with. So, like, is that taking away from him? He's never – nobody's ever said Luka in defense. Like, that's that, that that's there. Like, No, no, no. Like, he's never been known for defense. Yeah. But the only thing is what I'm saying in the playoffs, you can't really afford too many too many liabilities. You know what I mean? Maybe one. But defensively, you, you, you can hide your stars. Like, look, look, look what Steph did. Like, that dude in the series back in the day against the Cavs was guarding Dylan Nadova. Like, they, they hit him. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not as big of a deal, but Luka it will never shy away. He, he, will hit, he will hit a shot when it matters. He will give you 30 points game in and game out. Yeah, offensively. And then Jimmy Butler, you know, kind of to go, go, go with your point that you just made about Luka, like, that dude giving you everything on defense. Everything. And then he's fully capable of giving you 40. Which we've seen him do here in, in these playoffs. So mm-hmm. I think those two dudes, like, I would feel the most confident at having them on my on my on my squad in the playoffs because I've seen I've seen Steph, you know, fall off in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, I, I I think he's great, but I I would probably yeah I would take Luca over all of them. Okay, it's, and Luca is not, not that any of them's a bad option at all. Okay. The, that's all. a great okay now that's very true okay not that anybody's a bad it, option like it, it, like let's say like I would pick I would want Luka but if I end up with Jason Tatum even though he might be like my third or fourth option in this scenario hey I, I, I ain't mad at that at all you know what the craziest thing about that whole question was neither one of us named a three time champ yeah now that's wild. Like you're like he has three rings. Yeah, because to me, I, 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 in, in order, I would say Luca, Jimmy, Steph, and then I would say Jason, Jason Tatum last. <laughs> Jason Tatum last. Well, and like out of those names, yeah, out of those, out of those names. Okay, but so. it's like like even if I have Jason Tatum and, and you had Luca, you had Jimmy, I'm like, yeah, I'm finna bust your head. <laughs> okay, so <for laughs> you know me, what I'm saying? Like so you, for, you got that confidence. You know, so for in me, your team. For me, it's probably, ooh, it's probably Jimmy Butler, and I'm almost like eh on that. Like, Jason. Okay, so Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Luca, then Steph. He, but his mere presence on the court is just so much. You know what I mean? Like, you can't buy that. You know what I mean? So it's, I'm, I almost feel like I'm disrespecting him a little bit by not naming him. Like, higher. Nah, up. it's like, not disrespect. Like, it, it, it's just what your eyes been telling you. Because. If 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 Luca had the Warriors like squad, Oof. think about that. I mean, his play isn't like Steph's. No, but but like if he had the caliber of uh, like supporting stars, cast, okay. Like, so, oh yeah, it's different. If anybody had the, the Warriors, I mean, some other teams you could say are possibly built better than the Warriors. I mean, some well, people would probably I mean, say that. Like, I mean, I think the Warriors are a gr- great squad, but some people might say, hey, I'd rather have the Celtics roster because they're younger. They got, you know, better defense and stuff like, you know, know what I'm saying like mm. people will make that that, okay. that case. From- Nobody's saying, oh, yeah, Luca, bro, that he, he, he he's got it all. But mm. Luca is has the worst team like then it's not even close at a yeah, what's remaining. Definitely. And he he himself is playing the best and is literally the reason why his team's there. That's that's why I'll go with him. Yeah. OK, um, I can agree with that. It's. 
as far as like the build, yeah, uh, I think probably go with the Warriors as far as like the best build for me in the uh, like left in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And their you know their culture, anybody gets a shot, everybody can shoot, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, hold on, we're gonna be com- <laughs> we're gonna be right back. Uh, on the, uh, we're gonna take a small break, quick break. Be right back in the break room. Follow us on the break room H O U on Twitter, the podcast on Instagram, and the break room podcast one on Facebook. Follow me three the last underscore king on Twitter, and my boy Evan at Evan Schumore. Yeah, man. So yeah, man. Y'all take it easy, man. We'll be right back. All right, let's go on ahead and get back into this NBA talk. Let's go ahead and move it from the West. Let's go to the East Coast, talk about these Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics just won Game 5, 93-80. Celtics now up 3-2 in the series. And I know this one I was really like kind of teetering on. I knew it was going to be a seven-game series, or I anticipated a seven-game series. I wasn't sure. You know, in my heart of hearts, if I had to put my money down, I probably would have put, put, put it on the Heat. But, man, the Celtics have just been a lot to handle. And, you know, a 13-point victory here just to kind of continue the the streak of games that aren't exactly that close. You know, when you look at the Celtics, what, what do you think that their, like, maximum potential could be as um, as a dynasty? Not, not just looking at what they have right here and what they can accomplish in 2022, but overall in let's say uh a five to ten year span like what do you think this core group is capable of oh man this core group is capable of multi uh eastern conference finals i'm not even going to appearances not even victories because the bucks still exist um i can't ignore the fact that chris middleton was not playing like if they would have had him, they definitely probably would have won. So, and um, it's but this team is 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 great. It's, they're great, great defensively. As we already know, they had the best defense in the league. Uh, two great stars, a great one-two punch in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And Marcus Smart is no slouch. He's a great defender, and we already know that. And he can get a bucket. He's a better bucket getter than people give him credit for. He has a great. He's a great in the mid range, uh, and. He's almost, you know what? He's almost as good as um, Bobby Portis as far as just getting open and finding the weak spot in the defense and getting his shot off. It's a lot easier when you're the forgotten man about. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. So when you know as a defender, it's a lot easier to get your offense, your shot off. So that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But, yeah, no, this team has a great potential. They can make multi-Eastern uh, Conference Finals. As far as the win goes, I'm not really too sure on that just because the Bucks are still there. The Heat are still a great team. And I'm not necessarily sure. If they make the right move in the offseason, then they can easily be there. Like, all they need is just one. Just one more. But, you know, but they're a great team. To answer my own question, I would I would pretty much agree with you. I think they're going to be a championship caliber team for as long as they keep, you know, Tatum, Brown, Smart, you know, Robert Williams. I think that's that's a great young core. You, you you get a lot out of there. You get a lot of defense, which mm. is something that's very hard to find within stars or, you know, elite players, especially in your starting uh, five. But outside of that, I 
I really think that the Celtics like front office and everything is in a good spot. So even even if they did lose a piece or two, I, I, I'm confident that the Celtics wouldn't like completely just let the roster just you know burn and go to shit essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing about this game that was kind of just weird to me, the, now, disregarding the fact that the Heat were literally shooting 15% from three. They went 7 to 45. I mean, the, the three ball was, was not landing at all. No, nobody on. made more than one three-pointer besides uh, Duncan Robinson, and he went 3 of 10. So, like, that's basically all of his jumpers right there. So, in 28 minutes, he gave you uh, a, a cool 11 points. You know, the Celtics only really, truly ran a seven-man rotation. The only people that came in off the bench were uh, Grant Williams and the uh, the backup guard uh, Derek White. So, how can the whole entire Heat team damn near play? I mean, when you're running a, a nine man rotation, like the only people that didn't play were Dwayne Dedman, Haslam, and Morris. Those are those are you know probably three people you know I probably one one playing and I know Morris. He, he's the one that called uh, Jokic the, the fat sloppy boy, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like I don't even know if he's like healthy like that really to, to be even to, to be able to play. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of just like I think that's kind of weird. Like it happens, you know, everybody on the team will be broke. But like, Jesus, man, you go seven to 45. We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. <laughs> and the only person that made more than one three-pointer on your team is like your main three-point shooter and he shot 30%? Yeah, bro. It was, it was pretty bad. Like, okay, so and not to give too much credit to the Celtics, they went 10 of 33. So, like, I mean, granted, the, th- the three was even less, even a worse factor for the Heat, but it wasn't like so astoundingly great for the Celtics either. Granted, like they say, uh, they had way, they had a worse free throw percentage the Celtics, I mean, I said the Celtics. The Heat had a better free throw percentage. They went 13 to 14. Uh, the Celtics went 17 to 23. You know, but it, like I said, the three point shot was uh, just a tad bit more there mm-hmm. for the Celtics. And that was somewhat kind of the difference in the game. Yeah, because the Celtics had more turnovers and they got out rebounded. Yep. The literally, the only thing that was was just the shooting. And to me, that's weird because the Heat are like, a damn good shooting team. Yeah, but it, it happens where some nights. I mean, what was it? The Suns in Game Seven, their whole entire squad was broke. Yeah, man, it was looking like it's probably just one of those nights. Like going back to the West, man. The the Mavericks just had that that shooting night. Like they just had they just they were just going off, and there's really nothing you can just do about this. Sometimes some teams get hot, some teams go cold. You know, so. I guess it's kind of what to do about nothing. Yeah, that's just honestly a, a difficult situation to be in as a team because you're doing you're, you're winning everywhere else on the floor, and but your shots just aren't falling. Yeah, and so I was like, with with this game, do you want to count this more as an outlier, or does this hold like a lot of weight for you? Because for me, it's eh, it didn't really hold too too much weight. Like, granted, you know now this now the series is three two. You know, Celtics are going the Celtics' way. And, you know, all they need is one more win, and they advance. But at the same time, it's like, eh, the shooting night was so off that I almost, you know, I could almost let it slide just a little bit. You know what I mean? And, like, it wasn't like the deficit was only 13 points. So it wasn't like it was, like, 25 
30. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't so major that, you know, it it, it, may, it makes my eyebrows raise. Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not concerned that I'm to the point where I think the Heat are going to come out and, you know, completely go broke again. Mm. I just don't think that they're that type of team. I don't think Eric Spolstra, as a coach, would let that happen. I mean, strategically and schematically, I think he'll he'll do what he has to do to get it changed. I, I always think that teams that – and this across any sport – you have a bad game or you're having a couple of you know, bad weeks, you know, a stretch of bad games, whatever sport it is, yada, yada. If you have competent coaching and a competent front office, you best believe that message will be relayed to the players and Absolutely. that will be, will be fixed. Absolutely. And the Heat, I mean, they're run by Pat Riley and Eric Spolster. Some of the greatest you know, coaches and executives of, of this generation. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that the Heat will... Come back and win game six. I'm going to go ahead and call it. I think they're going to win game six and force this game seven. Okay. And like you said, man, Pat Riley is a definitely a no-nonsense kind of guy. So oh, no. That's no, a no-nonsense kind of guy. Hey, so. they might be in Miami and they might be all fun out there allegedly and stuff. But allegedly. Not, exactly. It's all fun out there allegedly. Not with Pat Riley's out not there. Not with Pat Riley. <laughs> it's all business. It's all business. So it's yeah, all business like Pablo up in there. Exactly, bro. So, like, no, nah, if anybody's going to get this fixed, it's, it's Pat Riley is the guy. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm definitely with you. It can, I think they can force a game seven, man. I believe in, like, not only the organization, but I believe in the roster as well, man. They have the team to do it. So, I could definitely see this going seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, uh, um, I'm not sure if we completely went over this. In the West, what, what's your uh, final prediction? You think it's going to be closed out here in uh, game five? Or you think the Mavs might, you know, maybe steal another game or possibly force a game seven? No, nah, it's going to close out game five. That's what I'm going with. It's going to close out game five, set to the close it out with the win in game seven. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. I, 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 I respect it. I think, I think the Warriors are going to close out in, in five. And you know what? I, I, I been, I've, been, I've been riding with the Heat all year long, and I will die by them. Okay. I, 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 I'm going to give, give me the Heat in seven. Okay. And you know what the thing is? Jimmy Butler is my second favorite player in the league right after LeBron. He's my second favorite player. But it's, I don't know, man. The Celtics just have too much. Like they just have too much for me, uh, for me to to think that the Heat are overcoming. But I do respect the decision because the Heat are, like I said, they were the number one seed, and they're a great team. So, so I, I got a quick question. What's up? What's up? What do you think will be a good profession for Jimmy Butler to get into after he's done? Huh? huh. Um. I feel like you'd be so good as like uh, like being on um, you know. Little NBA analyst. That's what I, that's what I think. So I'm like, see. bro. Imagine, imagine him in like a, a, a Shaq or Chuck's role on uh, on TNT. The, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I only ever see. T- <laughs> okay, okay so y'all, y'all, can't see y'all can't see us. Y'all can't see us. But me I, and we, every, we can barely see each other we right can now. Barely see each other. Okay. So we in the studio, right? So, but like the seats are really, really low, and me and Evan been at work all day, so I feet are hurting. Yeah, right? we sit down. We normally stand up. We usually stand up, but, but we, we sit down in these chairs right now. <laughs> so like. I can only see like the top of Evan's head and his headphones over there. Like, yep, the same thing. I see, I see uh, the top of Trey's forehead. But now nah, it was funny because I literally just looked up while he was talking. 
We made like eye contact for half a second. It's like, hey, I seen you in about 15 minutes. How you doing? <laughs> that was funny. Okay, so, but, no, so, okay. So, look, I think Jerry Butler would be a great analyst. Uh, but I'm going to think, I don't really see him talk too much besides, like, the, you know, interviews. Jimmy Butler, for the most part, is. What? I don't. Jimmy. He talking shit all the time. Besides the interviews? Bro, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler always talking. When? Bro. I don't be seeing it. First off, on the floor. Oh, that's on the floor. But like outside of that, during interviews about, and stuff, he's very charismatic and everything. He he's got a good TV personality. I'm talking about, and, out, and, I'm talking about literally outside the game. I mean, like I mean, what do you want me to be like? Oh yeah, I was hanging out with Jimmy on a Thursday night, and him and I just you know had a great conversation. No, like that's what I mean. Like I don't have that type of information, but like from everything we have seen from him, and even all these videos and stuff, like of him on these you know uh, hanging out with the uh, the Olympic team and this and that, like he always seems to be like kind of the life of the party. Or if you're Minnesota, look, you know. Bro, Jimmy, okay, look, look. Jimmy, he said if you're from Minnesota. Okay, Jimmy seems like a fun guy. Don't get me wrong. J- Jimmy is a Houston native. Let's go ahead and start there. I'll always, I'm always going to support anybody from the city, you know, you know, going mainstream, If you know, for lack of better words. You know. He from Tomball. Houston. Houston. So if somebody would come up to you right now and be like, oh, yeah, I'm from Houston. Oh, what part are you from? I'm from Tomball. You're going to be like. I mean. It's outside the okay. Te- so technically, technically, Acres Homes, where I'm from, is outside the city limits. Yeah, but it's still like yeah, it's outside of the city limits, but it's still like addressed to Houston. Like it's not listed as a different city. True. It's. I've never checked my location in Tomball. Is is like is no it t- Tomball? Like it is addressed to Tomball. Really? Same thing as Magnolia, Humble, Atascacita. Okay. Well, it. I knew yeah. Magnolia and the Woodlands and all. Bro, that I stuff. just see like the bottom of your eyes right <laughs> now, bro. Like, are right, yes. I'm sorry. Are you good? You good? So I knew like the Woodlands, Tomball, um, um, what Pasadena, all that. Yeah, other, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I knew those on the outskirts, but like, thought, but like stuff like Acres Homes, A Leaf. You know, River Oaks, all that stuff. Like, even Memorial. That's that's still Houston. Yeah, it's just like you know, you got like neighborhoods. Like, you know how like you get different parts of the city that you know, uh, uh, the, the boroughs that make up like New York. Okay. Yeah, you know, like they're all like it's it still all makes up New York City though. So you know, you just you just got you know you got your different part. Yeah, okay. Part, parts of Houston, everything. You know, like what Third Ward? It's not Third Ward, Texas. It's Houston, mm, Houston Texas. You know, you got. I mean, but that's okay. But well, that one is inside the city limits. Yeah, literally in the city. I mean, where I live is is in the city limits. Yeah, that's a leaf. What I what I was saying was because Acres Homes is outside the city limits. Yeah, Chinatown's in city limits. It is. Yeah. What uh, did you hear what I said? Like, yeah, no, no, I, I get. But I'm saying like, there's so many parts that like that even are outside that still make up the area. Because like to me, once you get like outside, like your your address has changed. Then I'll okay, be like, yes, then it's something different. That's like that, different. like. To, to me, if somebody says if somebody from Sugarland, okay, says yeah. oh, I'm from Houston, but like Sugarland, Texas, sweet ass on. <laughs> Sugarland, Texas, yeah. yeah, that's the same. That's how I feel about Tomball. If you don't get your country corn fed ass on, like, okay, you know what? Somebody, t- I was talking to somebody about that, and they said no, he would literally say he's from Tomball and not Houston, which is crazy. because yeah. it it's kind of like how people from Beaumont will say they're from Beaumont, not you know, yeah. Granted, thank God they don't try to claim Houston. That's like an hour and a half away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like Pert, you know what I mean? He'll claim big money Texas and not like Houston. Yeah. So I always thought it was kind of like so to go on to like the the older like school rappers that are from like um Port Arthur and stuff, mm-hmm. they claim Houston. How do you feel about that? 
Because I'm like, bro, that's, I mean, it's, that's like a cool fucking 45 minutes an hour. Yeah, like, yeah, bro. Like, I mean, bro, they, they in all honesty, as much as you want to kind of check them on that, like, oh, geez, you kind of almost. It's like they, they still put on for the city. They put on for the city, and you can't press them on that because they yeah, do so much. Th- that's how I feel about it, too. It's like, all right, like, you, 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 you've you done more than probably anybody else has. So, exactly. like, you got. If you got Paul Wall that wants to claim Houston, even though he grew up in, like, PA. Yeah. All right, man. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, granted, I don't plan on being broke my entire life. You know what I mean? But as of right now, he's got more money than I can dream of. So. I wonder what Paul Wall's net worth is. I'm, I'm curious. Hey, yeah, I'm going to look that up. Over under, uh, over under 10. Under. That's, this has got to be cap. What? Oh, it's shit. It's two and a half million? Okay. Bro, he's probably got more in jewelry. That's cap. So it's like, I ain't gonna lie. Net worth, like when I be Googling people's net worth, I'm like, all right, so like another thing says 12 and a half. Another thing says five. Now the 12 and a half is the highest that I'm seeing. That's more reasonable. The two and a half, he his mouth is worth five hundred thousand. Facts. That's very like, true. That 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 boy got VVs in his mouth. Like, come on, like, bro, he's definitely. I forgot he's definitely invested with Johnny Dang. So like, Johnny Dang himself is probably like. I wonder more what Johnny. I wonder what Johnny Dang's with. Shop with Johnny Dang. That's a nice guy. Twenty million. Ooh. Twenty five. I mean, you know what? I can believe that though. I can believe that. People from nationwide know about Johnny Dang. But I low-key would have expected more. From Johnny Dang? Yeah, low-key. I was kind of like thinking I'm, maybe more towards like 40. Bro, because like you got to think about it. How many rappers be like, oh, I just spent a house on my chain and I got it from Johnny. That's what, 200, yeah. 500,000? Okay. Like I know that like he doesn't make $200,000 when he sells a $200,000 chain, mm. but like – this dude's been at it for as long as I can remember. Facts. He he is the. I, I was a jit in Florida and I knew who Johnny Dang was. Yeah, bro. That's why I even came out here. He's the most well known jeweler that I know of. Like him and uh, Eliante. Yeah. Another one. I wonder what Eliante says. This is actually curious. We're putting y'all on the culture. Yeah, as my boy Evan looks at Eliante's net worth, hey, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, follow us on the Break Room HOU on Twitter, the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram, and the Break Room Podcast One on Facebook. So follow me on Twitter at 3 the last underscore king. Follow my boy Evan at Evan Schumar. And bro, there's no way, bro. The first, I ain't even gonna bring up what I just saw. This, this, this has gotta be wrong. I, I gotta keep looking up. Hold on. <laughs> All right, man. So yeah, we'll be right back, man. Y'all take it easy. So we are back at it. And, you know, we was doing a little bit of uh, Googling, and you know, I try to find out a little bit about uh, Eliante, and I found out his real name is Jacob Arabo. Huh. Fun fact. Didn't know. And huh, look at he's worth about $50 million. I feel like Johnny Dang just kind of has a little more, like, notoriety in that. But, like, maybe, maybe Eliante, like, maybe, maybe, maybe Johnny's just more, like, rapping in, in, in street, and Eliante's more, like, suit and tie. I don't know. Prestige. I look yeah. a little bit more, like... Cache, I guess. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, so that's kind of how I figured Johnny would be more around that, like that fifty million mark. So like, 
Yeah. Regardless, they ball. Yeah. Have you ever been to Johnny Dank's store? I have. Yes, yes. What'd you look? What'd you look at? Uh, I definitely looked at grills. And, Immediately. And, and, you, and, and you left empty mouth? Of course. Damn. I mean, I didn't have I didn't have a paper on me. I was like, okay, I, if you go into the gallery, you have to stop by Johnny Dang's. You just have to. Yeah, bro, it's literally just right down off of Richmond. It's like 10 minutes away. Yeah, so yeah. first thing I saw was like, okay. Okay, then I looked at it. I was like, uh, the price was actually doable. Yeah, 50, you know I mean? 50 a tooth. Yeah. Because I, I, I got my I got my six, my bottom six. Yeah, yeah, my, my gold grill. Yeah, just at the time, I was just like, man. Eh, it's not super necessary. Nah, I mean, is any of it ever necessary? No. No, but, but how about know. this? How about this? The my the the desire wasn't strong enough at the time. Hey, fair enough. I went in there knowing I was getting it. I didn't care what it was. I was I was coming out with with with, uh, with the grill. Understood. I mean, then again, I I I had to come back, you know, in like two or three days to pick it up, but. Understood. Yes. Left Understood. left with my receipt. <laughs> and you know what? Hey, speaking to your old point about, you know, Jimmy Butler and how, what would you want him to do after basketball, right? Mm. Um, something like, you know, we always wanted to talk about here at the break room was just life after sports. You know, me and Evan both play football. And, bro, do you, I mean, how you want to do this? Like, we're just going to give y'all just some... Yeah, I mean, we talk about that. You, you, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, ahead. so for me personally, I'll, I'll kind of give you all a little bit of background for those who don't know. I've always played football, played baseball, played basketball, this and that. In high school, played you know wide receiver, slot, and my dream was to make it to college and get a scholarship. Nobody in my family, you know, ha- had a degree. You know, I- I'm a first-gen college grad. So I thought that my my out was football, that it would be able to give me a scholarship because my, my family couldn't afford school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, time goes on this and that. I, I have no offers. And then May oh, – excuse me, April of my senior year, I ended up – getting an offer from Central Methodist University which is a NIA school mm-hmm. and I went on my visit came back went to prom and then signed my letter of intent I was ready to go went there balled out my freshman year had, had a great year this and that springtime you know I was in the one huddle doing my thing and in a half padded practice two days before our spring game running back and a linebacker you know, having bad practice habits smack each other for no reason. Like I said, we're, we're half pads. It's just supposed to be thud, you know, tap the hips, you know, make make a little contact here and there. But they, they literally go heads up. The running back stumbles, falls, goes into my leg, and my, my, my back is turned because I'm supposed to be, as a slot receiver, I'm supposed to be blocking the outside linebacker. Yeah. He falls into the back of my leg, and my leg contorts and bends all weird and end up tearing my ACL, MCL, meniscus. So for me, I, I, I didn't think that was the end right then and there. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to come back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back home to Texas. I'm going to transfer to Sam, and I'm going to walk on. Well, you know, I spoke with the walk-on coordinator. You know, I ended up getting cleared, this and that, and I was ready to go. And you know, they just they they, they the roster ended up you know being full. You know, the, they had enough PWOs and everything. And like, hey, you know, ba- basically they were just looking for like kickers and punters and stuff. So there, mm-hmm. there was, I wasn't the only one that got shorted out there. So for me, right then and there, I had to figure out what else I wanted to do. And I'm already in school and, you know, I'm going to get my degree. But 
to have to actually go from being a student athlete to just being a student is oh. something I had never had to deal with. It's weird. Exactly. And for me, I almost I had like a I had like a self identity crisis. I had to re-identify who Evan was because the first thing I was, you know, people always knew I play football. If they didn't know me, I would tell them the first thing I would just tell them, oh yeah, I play football. Now I gotta like not say that, and it like it was weird. It was really really weird, and it took me a couple years to kind of figure out who I was, what 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 was my purpose, and even though I don't play football, I still feel like football and sports like. It is my purpose. Like so, now with the recruiting stuff that I do, I'm trying to help kids that were in my position, trying to help kids that don't have any offers, trying to help kids that I know have the talent but maybe don't have the exposure because they 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 go to a school to where their coaches maybe don't have the resources or just don't put in the effort into them, or their coaches just straight up sleep on them. Mm -hmm. That happens all the time. You're not a coach's favorite. The coach ain't gonna put on for you. Well, when I see your game, I don't I don't have the the the, the politics that goes on. You know, inside the the, the meeting rooms and everything. I just see what you put on the field. So I feel like that kind of like helped me re-identify myself and through school and everything, you know, I learned a lot more and I learned about myself and I, I grew up and I never I never grew out of sports. So for me, re-identifying myself, it, it, it took time. It, it, it took a lot, you know, on, on every level. You know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, all that. It, it it took its toll on me, but sports is, I feel like it's just the best thing ever. Mm. And playing it, I felt like, made me who I am as mentally relentless as I am. As, as much as, like, I, I, I don't worry about the little things. Because, like, you know, I still have that next play mentality. Mm. I've just had to adapt that mentality to the real world and you know the sports media world and things like that so it took time well, I feel that bro what about you uh, man for me so my first of all uh, first of all hey man appreciate you for sharing that bro oh thank you thank you thank you uh, for me um, what was it so coming out of high school when um, I was a transfer student so I went, started at one high school and went to another one um, it was what was it I remember, so coming in high school, I remember I had some offers and then I ended up losing them because of some grades. And so, like, you know, I never, like, considered myself to be, like, a bad student or dumb. You know what I mean? So that was, like, frustrating me in the, in the beginning. Like, I was like, I'm getting bad grades, but I'm putting full effort into my classes. Like, I'm not skipping. I'm not, I'm doing my homework. I'm doing this. I just couldn't. It was really, it was algebra too. <laughs> and uh, I was having ain't, such ain't a... Ain't nothing was worse than pre-cal, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was having such a hard time, bro. And um, I remember I was getting all these emails and stuff like this, costume coaches that, oh, they're pulling their office or they're pulling their interests and things like that. And um, I remember getting real frustrated with that. And, you know, just trying to, you know, forge my own way and things like that. And um, I remember then it was uh, one school that was like, we're going to try our best. And I was... Uh, who didn't really pull away. They stayed to the very end. That was Northwestern State in Louisiana. Uh, Natchitoches. And I remember uh, just thinking like, okay, but then they eventually had to pull away too. Um, I was still, you know, hoping beyond hope. Um, I, I still got the DMs from, uh, it was a coach from Oklahoma State. He told me that, uh, hey, 
you know, we saw your film. We don't have any more offers left, but we know about your great situation. Could you still come? Uh, you know, you want to go to uh, prefer walk on things. You can go to our little. It was some other school to get my grades right, then come, then transfer to Oklahoma State. I can't. Cameron's name. Basically, they're like uh, JUCO, something like whatever. That. Yeah, but you know, I didn't have a month. My people, we didn't have the money to go to Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Send me to Oklahoma. So um, I remember I went to Lamar. Now, granted, I think it's really important for a lot of these young athletes, these young guys. Granted, the rules have changed, but I didn't know anything about NCAA rules, regulations, things like that. So at the time when I went to Lamar, the coaches were telling me one thing: "Oh, you know, you're gonna come." We're going to scholarship you in the spring, et cetera, et cetera. So, anyway, we lay a down payment to Lamar, $2,000. I go to Lamar, um, and then the coach tells me, hey, you're in Elgeburg your entire freshman year. And I was like, what? So, what, what was the whole thing about scholarship in the spring? He said, well, we didn't – We they knew the – you know, in my head, I'm like, you had to know the rules about that. So, but anyway, I was already there. You know, we already put the money down. I go – and to your point, you know, man, it was at the whole identity thing. You know, going in classes, hey, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. You know, freshman year, you know that freshman year thing in all the classes. Tell us about yourself, et cetera, et cetera. One to say I'm a football player, but I'm not on the football team. You know, I'm not even working out. So it was just like I couldn't have any affiliation with the team. So well, I stay, actually, I stayed in the football dorms. My roommate was a football player, but I had no affiliation with the team. So it was just really weird seeing all of them go to, you know, get up and go to workouts and things like that, but I was still inside, you know. And um, I remember, you know, like I said, I had that whole identity thing. And, you know, I was working, still working out, doing things like that. Eventually, you know, my sophomore year comes, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I've been working out, doing what I can do, et cetera, et cetera, going hard. I get on my sophomore year. Um, I hurt myself during fall camp. Um, like I hurt my back, hurt my back, and then you know I got back healthy, whatever. Then in the middle of the season, I what happened? I had got into a got into a fight with a, a couple players on the team, things like that. Got pressed with an assault charge. Had leave, got kicked off the team, transferred to Blend for a semester. Um, that was that. I didn't know about the four two four rule that existed back then. You know, you got to graduate with your associates from a JUCO school. And so, uh, anyway, I left Blend without my associate. I had to sit out another year when I ended up transferring to Sam. Uh, also, football wasn't a thing at Blend either because uh, our coach at Blend was sleeping with one of our team, the, the teammates' girlfriends. Let me tell me about that. Yeah, man. <laughs> I ain't going to say his name, but anyway. Out of pocket. <laughs> he was, you out of pocket. Bro, it was a whole thing. Like, so yeah, bro, he was sleeping with one of the uh, receivers' girlfriend. Crazy. Crazy enough. So that whole thing got shut down. They all got fired and et cetera. Et cetera. So, like, football was done there. Um, then it went to Sam. I had to set out another year because of that 424 rule. And this time I thought I was about to graduate. So I was like, man, you know, I'm I'm almost done. You know what I mean? So I kind of just sat out another year. I was like, I'm just going to focus on my grades and get out of here. You know, it was – and I was it was hard trying to make myself be okay with not playing football. That part. It, you know – It broke me internally. It, it, bro, it's it, – we talked about this before about a trick, and we was like – it's like you feel a piece of yourself dying. It, like, it was hard to watch college football for a year or two for me. Bro. Like, I know for you it was even longer. Bro, it was. I literally like would go to Sam games and I'll be like, 
you know, not trying to be that guy, be like, bro, I could have done that. Man, you like, know what I mean? Like, man, I would have done this. Like, I, I would have scored on that play. It's tough. Like, it's tough. Bro, like, come on, man. Like, that dude really couldn't have, like, routed that dude up. Bro, like, it was tough. Like, I couldn't, you know, you know, even with NSMA, that's where I met you at, right? Mm. So I couldn't, it was hard for me to, like, to, like, okay, before, you know, we, we weren't calling football games early on, so. Mm. Uh, but when we eventually got to football games, it was hard for me to even want to sign up to call them because I'm like, I couldn't even watch college football. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't watch it on TV. You know what I mean? I couldn't really watch it in person. Like, it was just tough. Um, even, like, even now, sometimes it is because, like, it's a whole thing. It's like a whole mental thing, you know? Like, the whole, uh, what we was talking, it, what was I saying? It was hard trying to make myself be okay with not playing. You know, trying to accept that, you know, I learned that, yes, I'm more than a football player. I can do other things. I can do in these other organizations. I can go out. I can make friends without football. Like, I learned all these things, but it was a hard, I had a hard time being okay with that. You know what I mean? It's like, it was like life dealt you something, and I had a really hard time accepting it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just moving past that, then, uh, like I say, I didn't graduate that year. Then I didn't graduate the next year. So it was like still hoping beyond hope, and then just it just never came. You know what I mean? I'm still working out. I end up uh, not hyperextending my knee, but uh, getting tendonitis in my knee. You know what I mean? And that was like, and I was like, and I was training for. I was doing uh, what happened? I was doing like uh, box jumps. You know what I mean? And then if something happens in my knee. I was like, bro, I was like in a whole like slump. I was like, bro. Why? <laughs> like, just why? You know, but it helps you grow. Like, exactly what you said, man. It grows you, you know, just, you know, you mentally, spiritually, man, you know, and the only reason we, me and Evan kind of going into this with everybody, because we don't know who's listening. So we want to, like, really just, everybody has their own story, you know, and, uh, you know, very, you know, some are similar, but most of them can be different, you know. So we just wanted to give you that insight on us. Because um. I, I, I honestly tell these kids all the time, like, and I was told this all the time, and I never believed it. Football ain't forever. Mm -hmm. And I tell them all the time, you never know when your last snap going to be. Ooh, man. Because in my mind, bro, this is like literally like the last couple of plays in like our practice. Like we're running, you know, team, the end, you know how it is. Mm -hmm. Bro. And – one thing that I realized about, like, especially college football, in the end of the day, it's a business. You know what they did when I got hurt? They flipped the field on me. So, for those who don't know what that means, you know, I got hurt, you know, at a, let's say I got, you know, let's say I was down at the 40-yard line and the mm -hmm. ball was at the, the yeah. 25 or the 30. They started going on the other end of the field, just, just flipped the field and it's like I didn't matter no more, bro. It's, it's bro. You go, <laughs> bro. When I got when I got kicked off the team after the whole uh, fight thing, you know what happened? I had a meeting with the head coach the next morning, eight a.m. I remember. <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah, you got up for that too, bro. Came in there, all the coaches in there, right? And so I was a. This is my first year on the team, but I was a sophomore in school. You know what I mean? So came in there. Um, D line coach DC was in there. Um, OC, O-line, you know, everybody was in there for the most part. Besides, the, like, the GAs. All the coaches were in there, though. So, they were in there. They said, so what you going to do next? 
And, you know, I was like, what you mean? He said, well, we're going to let you go. Hopefully they don't press charges against you, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. And then um, the D-line coach said this to me. If this is the worst thing that happens to you, you lived a good life. He shook my hand and I walked out. And that was that. My, I tried to go to my locker and get, like, my extra shorts and cleats. It was already gone. My name was already off the thing. It was gone. And I was like, they never really, it, you know, it was, it was, I wasn't to them what they were to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And then when they recruit you, they want to bring you in, you know, you're, you're everything. You're everything, bro. And it's. And I understand that. And it, it, I'm not even taking it away from the coaching staff, you know. I mean, they have jobs, they have families. Yeah, it's you, like get you still got to finish the practice, but you it's know? like when you watch the film of what happened with me, and I've showed it to you, bro, the people in the background, heads about the head, oh, people <clears> turning away and stuff like. You, you could have, you know, not finished, you know, the last handful of plays. Like, but at the end of the day, does not matter? No, they don't care. I moved on from it. Yeah. You know, from bro, for me, like, and me, I'm not even really speaking to the listeners anymore. For me talking to you. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I remember, um, I had a hard time, like, with, because I remember the coach who, I was the coach who wanted the guy to press charges against me, right? I used to speak to that coach every day. And so, like, I had, like, a real, like. Yeah, he should know what you and where your heart is and everything. You know, we, we, we literally spoke every day. And we would even eat together sometimes. So, like, when I found out it was him that was really, like, pushing for it, I had, like, a hard disdain for, like, coaches. Ex- coaches in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Um, you know, all that, you know, that fake love, man. It was, it was like, I couldn't even, like I say, I couldn't watch college football. It really, even, I'll be honest with you, even right now, it's still hard for me to watch college football sometimes. I'm not even really past that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you, it's a daily grind. The one thing I'll say to you, bro, is at this point, and I'm, I'm going to give you some unsolicited advice here. I understand why you don't want to watch it. I went through the same thing, and I told all y'all that I didn't. Well, I didn't. I had a hard time doing. It. I didn't want to. But at this point, you're graduated. Absolutely, your life has moved on. Don't, don't hate on somebody else's shine just because yours got taken away. Oh, and you know what? And it's not even like, well, you know, I appreciate. I'm not even saying you're hating. But oh no, like, no, 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 no. I hear you, and I hear you because we spoke about this. It's before. like even if you wanted to, unless you went as like some grad, you know, mm-hmm. graduate student, like it's it's past you at this point. Absolutely, you know, you know and, yeah. and it's not even like because we spoke about this before, mm-hmm. and it's not even like you know we you know that you had on the people that come behind you. You really want the best for them, honestly, like. Not speaking like, you know, like people are just so much younger than me or anything like that, but mm-hmm. almost in a um in an elderly sense, like you want like if you had a young like I have a younger brother. Like if you would have a younger sibling, like I'm pretty sure you got younger cousins, you know what I mean? Or anything like that. Just with them coming behind you or anybody like friends you've had that were younger than me that are trying to go down the same path, you really want the best for them. You want them to really not to fall in the same pitfalls you had. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, you want the best for them, but at the same time, you kind of just, you're looking for just a little bit of satisfaction. Something to be satisfied. See, I'm not satisfied by, like, displeasure in others. No, I'm not saying displeasure in others. I'm more so just satisfaction with your, like, with yourself. Satisfaction with yourself doesn't mean somebody else has to suffer. Very true. You know what I mean? You really won't. 
as as much as you want everybody to win, you want yourself to be included in that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean it makes sense, but I, I just I, I just don't view my life in that in that, that sense. No, yeah. no, I'm not. No, 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 no. I, okay. I agree with you, but like that's just not how I view things. Like that's just a, a different viewpoint for me. Okay, well that was me as far as like the football experience. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? With just that aspect. Yeah, because I, I for me I want people to finish and fulfill what I I started to do. Yeah. So yeah. like I don't. I feel like we're saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm saying like you just had to have a different like perspective on it. Mm. You know, we're coming to the same conclusion, but we have a different process. Okay. You know. Okay. That, okay. That's loud. Yeah, that's loud. That's loud. My fault. <laughs> no, no, you good. But I, I really love talking with these kids when they ask me. I'm not just going out there, you know, telling them my 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 story. But if they ask me, like, I'll definitely tell them because mm-hmm. not a lot of people wanted to give me the time of day. So I'm gonna be better and be different for them and you know how you said you sat down with your coaching staff the one thing that I sat down with um my uh my old position coach at the time and he told me he was like you know so actually before that before that my head coach at the time mm-hmm. he told me you know when, when, when you came here or since, since you have come here you have surpassed all my expectations you're a hell of a ball player. Like, you're way better than I thought you would be. And mm. I was like, yeah, like, everybody always sleep on me. It's cool. You know, I'm the white receiver. Like, mm. I, I know how it is. Like, mm. but but I'm like that. And, you know, so that, and then I went to my receivers coach after, because, I mean, I'm fresh off crutches, got the MRI done. Hey, yo, it's it's blown. Like, it's done. Mm. My receivers coach told me something that broke my heart. Like I said, I was in the ones huddle. But to hear him come out of his mouth saying, yeah, you, you would have been the the four or five in rotation. Like, you, you would have been, like, because, you know, we run a spread offense. Mm. So, like, you know, we're, we're going to have probably four receivers on the field, if not three. Mm. But, like, even then, like, they, we actually rotated a lot. Like, even yeah. during the season, we would rotate players. Hey, you mess up. Hey, come holler at me real quick. Let's get into new bodies. And so, like, knowing that I would have been a sophomore, like, getting legit PT, just, just to hear it and knowing that I, I was going to get that broke me mm. but at the end of the day we all go through our uh trials and tribulations for for certain reasons that we may not know mm. for two days a year 10 years it, we might not ever figure it out why things happen but they happen for reasons definitely definitely man everybody has their own path to follow man and you know Oh, time. Ooh, time. <laughs> oh, time. We've been here a minute. So, it is but, past midnight, Breakers. We, yeah, so, we still out here. Yeah, so uh, just to wrap it up, you know, everybody got their own path to follow, man. And, you know, no, you know, we're not going to sit up here and say somebody's easy, somebody's path is easier than the other one or one is harder than the other. Nah, but I'll cap. Some of y'all got it easy and y'all don't even know it. Y'all make it difficult for yourselves. I've seen, that, some, I, I have seen some kids that are blessed with talent, the ability for their parents to give them the best training possible, and they're still fucking it up. I'm not speaking on football in general. I'm talking about their life as a whole. Okay. Well, I could tell you even more kids outside of football that have messed up their lives where their parents had give them trust funds, pay for their school, and give them opportunities that my parents would have died to give me, and they haven't done anything with it. Don't take advantage like of your blessings. It's not no no okay. And people for people not take advantage of your blessings. That's a major point. Everybody has a different path, also. Um, but do what you can to the best of your abilities with all you have, and usually things probably turn out in your favor. You know, parting note. Got anything? All right, hey man, that's been all for this episode. Episode sequenta fifty. Shit. Uh, yeah, you got it. You got it. you got it. what is it? What is it? Um, cinquante. Okay. There we go. 
Hey man, so yeah, this has been off for the Break Room Podcast episode fifty. Uh, you know, milestone, milestone yes. podcast, man. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So enter the Ric Flair. Woo. All that, all that, all that. So yeah, man, y'all take it easy, man. Yeah.